Welcome to the Gabe Gallucci Golf Show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gabe Gallucci Golf Show. We got Dave in the building. The boys are buzzing. How are you, sir? I'm good, my friend. How was your week? It was a good week. We had two tournaments this past week. And uh, so we got some tournament recap. Watched some good PJ Tour this weekend. Matsuyama coming right back from behind. Uh, we got some bag alerts. It's been, a, it's been a busy week. <laughs> I find, do you enjoy watching, uh, I find Genesis to be one of the most enjoyable uh, tournaments on, of the year to watch. Yeah, it's, I, you know what, I think it's because the golf course is great. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a really good golf course. There's some cool holes. Uh, it, yeah, I agree. It's a good, it's a good tournament. It is. And I think coming off the heels of waste management, where it's kind of a shit show, pardon the expression, <laughs> it's nice to get back to a real golf tournament and, and just, you know, have some have, have some good golf on an old school old school course. Which makes Matsuyama's win all that more impressive. Yes. Because a sixty two on a Sunday. Nine under. Come Man. from behind. What, I, did you, his, those two shots. Was it 15 and 16 or something? Yeah. I think combined like 10 inches <laughs> from the hole. Like it, like two tap-ins. Absurd. I didn't Absurd. realize. Now, not to go down the equipment rabbit hole right away, but I didn't realize how heavy his clubs are. His driver's a 7X shaft. Was it 7X or 8X? It's some ridiculous weight that he puts. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to look that up right now. Interesting. But yeah, it's, it, it was crazy. Yeah, and you know he has one of the largest Scotty Cameron collections, like, in the world? So he's just like us. Yeah. He, apparently, he'll bring, like, eight putters to an event. And just... I like it. Yeah. So I can, I can relate to that, um, which kind of bleeds into yeah. uh, so, one hey, of my... Just, so driver, Hideki... Graphite Design Tour 80DI 8TX, 3-wood 9TX. That's I don't know anyone else that plays an 80-gram graphite shaft from their driver. It's crazy. And he moves the ball. Yeah. Players got to anyway, play. What do you, we had some Tiger news this week. Unfortunately, we didn't get a full tournament. He pulled out. Oh, yeah, sun, Sunday Red. What do you think of Sunday Red, Dave? So you and I have chatted about this outside of the pod. Just yeah, what do you what know. do you think of Sunday we, Red, Dave? We we are very different on this. I I don't mind it. I think the logo is pretty cool. Um, I like the story of the fifteen stripes on the tiger, one stripe for each of his major wins. Um, the brand doesn't bother me as much as it does others. But uh, what is your opinion, Gabe? I've let it marinate. My first instinct, my first gut instinct. Is it feels like a miss. It feels like a miss. I yeah. think listening to the CEO TaylorMade speak about it, it felt like there were too many marketing people trying to make a uh, uh, trying to justify a marketing brand. Like, you know, why it's three words. A lot of, like a, a lot of the a lot of the way that was explained. Yeah, I don't know. You just look at the best brands out there. Um, 
I think when you have to explain the deeper meaning of something to that extent to try and like justify it, I don't love that. Um, yeah, I hear you. I don't love the initial product offering, the fact that it wasn't available for purchase right away. Like it, you can't buy yeah. anything till May. That's what bothers me the most. Is like, why announce it in February and then make it available May 1? I don't understand that. Like, even if it, I understand maybe supply chain and trying to do, but okay, fine. Have pre-orders, have something. Like one of the things when we would organize a release for artists, right, in the music business is like, the worst thing you can do is say something is coming. If you have somebody's attention, which Tiger's always going to get everyone's attention. So it's not like he's, you know, he's, he's an anomaly. But I think if you're going to roll something out, I think you want to have it available for purchase and have people wearing it as quickly as possible when it's yeah. new and, and, and coming off of Nike. Um, I also think he should have had signed other tour staff and announced that it was – because the brand is positioned to be not just about him. At least that's what I'm guessing is the reason why they've called it Sunday Red and they haven't made it like the Tiger brand or something, right? Like they've made it so that it can be person agnostic in a way. Like it's obviously the logo is centered around him and his major wins, but I think it's, yeah. you know, I think they're going to bring on tour staff. I think I think he should have had one to three tour players signed and wearing Sunday Red this week. Yeah, you know, I actually, yeah, I, that's I didn't think about that. That's actually a good take on it. Because I, I, like, I completely agree with you. There needed to be something at the launch, whether it just be a small offering of polos or a hoodie, like to have nothing available for three months seems ridiculous. But. Right, and then the shoes. So I think the shoes were a bit of a miss, because one of the things like Tiger, so Tiger's been playing the Footjoy premieres, right? Yeah. And clearly there's a performance reason why he's playing the Footjoy premieres. So he's now they've built out a Sunday red shoe for him. I don't I I I don't know who is behind it or or what the mechanics of it are, but it would be really cool for them to have done a story on the shoes and saying like we're coming out with an elite performance line of shoes specifically because Tiger needs a stable shoe from all this cuz the reason why he plays the premieres is cuz he needs a stable shoe because of all of his in- injury issues, right? Right. So he would not put these shoes in play unless there was some benefit to the shoe. Right? So he's got these Sunday Reds on. Then what's like like tell me why okay these are like, what are the performance benefits of these shoes? Why is he now, he has his own custom shoe that's going to be better because of what? Yeah. And I think that would have been really cool to see as well. Like, like show, like he's obviously elite. And, you know, show us why, why there's more <coughs> to this clothing line than just throwing a Sunday red on a polo. And like one of the polos, like the stitching wasn't even centered. Um there's like a cool red accent on the stitching that they put on each clo- piece of clothing. So there's like yeah. red thread. That's kind of cool. There's some cool things. I think it's just a little too corporate. And I don't think they executed the content and the launch around it enough to uh, position Tiger for as cool as he is. Like when you have a brand of that caliber, which is Tiger Woods, yeah. I think like – the way they rolled it out could have been done so much better. 
to See, get people to go, oh my gosh, Sunday red is what I need to be wearing. Yeah. See, so you got me thinking. So I didn't watch the news conference until later. So for me, I saw the shoes online. I saw the hoodies. I saw one of the sweaters and I was like, yeah, I could wear that. That looks good. Um, I don't think, you know, depending on the quality of the product, like if it's good materials and well-made product, I think they're fine. I think from your, I think you're right. Maybe it's just the way they chose to announce it and introduce it to the world and the marketing behind it. Like there should have been, I watched a bunch of the Genesis this weekend. I don't know if you did. There should have been Sunday red commercials on TV during the commercial block as soon as it came out. And I didn't see one. I don't know if there was any, but so. No, a hundred percent. You're totally right. Like, and that's where there should have been players in the field with Sunday red on. And I, I, I don't know. It just, it just felt like a miss. And now it, it, Tiger is prestigious. Yeah. He is the, you know, like, like, like he is the aspirational figure. He is, he is when he was wearing Nike, just do it. Like it's like that carried a ton of weight. And I think if you're going to, you know, like Sunday red, the three word thing got people kind of messed up. It threw people off. Like, you know, like there were a lot of things that kind of threw people off. And I think if they had just really made it so cool off the hop with yep. the marketing and the launch and, and which is also interesting because TaylorMade is so particular when they launch a driver, how they roll out their content and how they hit you with like QI 10, you know, like, like oh, yeah. it, it it's, very odd to me how subtle this is. And I don't know if they're taking for granted the fact that it's because it's Tiger's brand. They just think it's like an auto purchase for people. And I, and I think for a lot of people, it is an auto purchase. But I think when you're, when you have the ability to like, like how many athletes get to do what Tiger's doing now and create, like, I don't, you know, like, like Tom Brady just partnered with Noble for, uh, his TB12 brand. So he's taken that over to them. Um, yeah. But they're an existing thing. Like, like no one's built their own thing. Like Jordan's an extension yeah. of Nike. Yeah. But I don't know. But but that was while he was playing. Like this is, I don't know, this is just so different. I, I think I think it's a miss for now. Um, we'll see how it evolves. But um yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they they did a a good job rolling it out. I don't know. Who knows? Like twenty years from now, we all buy Air Jordan One retros. Are we going to buy be buying Sunday Red retro ones, mm. the original shoes? No, because Jordan is ma- Jordan is magic. I don't think you can ever Jordan. The timing of Jordan in popular culture and what Jordan means to sports. And Jordan had that swag. Like Jordan had that off the court swag. Yeah. That made him an icon with fashion too. That unfortunately Tiger uh doesn't have. Yeah. Um he just doesn't have like like Tiger's swag is on the course. Yeah. Which again, I think from a marketing standpoint is where Sunday Red's gotta go. Anyway, this isn't a marketing podcast, but the marketing ma- the marketing brain in me. Just not a fan up front, but we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Um, what we do need to see about 
is we got some bag alerts and we got some tournaments to update the people on. So what should we do first? Should we do, uh, should we do tournament scores first, Brother Dave? Let's do tournament scores. We've got uh, two tournaments that you've played in. Two tournaments. This, uh, we've got, so we've got our first top three finish of the year. Two, second tournament in. Top three finish. I feel like uh, it used to be air horns or balloons behind us. No, it was, it was great. So it's this it course called Kings Links by the Sea. Um, I shot a two over 74, uh, which led to 34 stable third points and winning score was 37 stable third points. Um, this was a, this was a cool round. So coming off of the last tournament, uh, there was just a, you know, a couple things I realized that, um, I needed to fix, uh, one of them being the putting. And so I, I made a putter change and put the TaylorMade spider into play, um, which, was interesting because it was a little volatile that day. Um, I hit some really good putts and I hit some also some terrible putts. So uh, I was a bit conflicted at the end of the round uh, because I left a bunch of weird putts out there, but then also made a bunch of really great putts during that round. So that was very confusing. Um, What is really cool and has been the theme across all three tournaments so far is ball striking is, is really good. Nice. Like ball striking, especially with the irons, we are, I am seeing the ball flight that I see on the range, which is incredible. I have never seen the same thing from the range to the course. Um, my par three scoring uh, was horrific on in this tournament. Um, I actually doubled two of the par threes and bogeyed another one of the par threes and still shot 74. Um but I made a lot of birdies and I, and I made an eagle. Um, we should we should unpack that though for the listeners too, because to me, yeah. I was I was watching this round in real time on my computer, so yeah. it would refresh. The next score would post. So there was a moment on the back nine where you were kind of cruising. You know, you had about five or six pars in a row, and then I saw double bogey, and I went oof. Well, no, so and, I the back nine I went it. birdie, bogey, uh, sorry, birdie par bogey double and then now so i didn't even i didn't even make that many pars it was just it was it was there wasn't really a cruise mode on this one it was just volatility you had a four a four hole run maybe your par stretch might have been on the front then but you had a four hole run where you went was it double eagle double double birdie birdie. (laughs) yeah the I look at that as good though, like the bounce back, right? To mentally come back from that, to go double yeah. eagle, like it's it shows it shows you know solid mental game, and you were staying in the moment. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I can, I can, I said this. I think I've said this on the other podcast and some previous episodes. Like, I, I honestly don't know exactly when the switch flipped, but I don't care anymore what happens per hole throughout the round. Like, it's very interesting now. Um. I kind of like, I don't know if it's the sh- short-term memory um, or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I, like, I, I don't nearly get as down or as up. So, like, when I make a birdie, like, I've so I started, so my first two tournaments of the year, I've, uh, I've birdied the first hole. Hmm. And normally I would be like, oh, yeah, let's go. And I'm like, okay, cool, I made a birdie. Like, this tournament, I birdied the first hole. I was like, great. This is great. Great start. 
Um, but like didn't, they didn't send me in a too high or too low. Like it didn't send me in any direction. And I, I think that's been the interesting thing mentally is I'm, I'm so much more level relative to how I used to be. So, you know, the double on the, that first par three, which is hole 13, uh, that was, that was honestly just poor ball position and poor reading the wind. So I screwed myself there. But then on the following, like immediately on the par five, crush driver, and I hit a four iron from about 218 to six feet. And that's where, when I say, you know, what I'm seeing in practice is manifesting itself on the golf course. That four iron was high and landed like as beautifully as it could have. Um, and actually I hit one more early in the round on hole seven. I had four iron in from 220 and hit another one that was just an absolute dart. And I, I three putted, which was great. So sick job on the spider on that one. That should have been a birdie on that par five, but, um, just to see that ball flight. And I think that's what helps with the mental game too, because what would happen in previous tournaments in previous years is you, you know, you hit a shot and you screw up and you almost feel like you almost feel like you're dead. I would feel like I was dead for the day. And it was like, I'm okay. It's over. I just going to have to scramble from here because it's never going to get better. What's interesting now is that like I can hit a bad shot and I, but my body just feels ready to hit another shot again. Like, you know, like it doesn't feel like I don't feel as beaten down and that, that's a, that's a great feeling. So, so yeah, so we go double on the par, on the par three, then Eagle the par five and I go, okay, we're great. We're sitting in a good spot. Then this next par five, par three, sorry, wind was so in and off the left a little bit and this is a tough shot i had about i think it was like 175 yards and i had to hit like a punch five iron and i just flared it and obviously on the right was water and so then i didn't get up and down for bogey and that's a shot i i have since worked on a lot is playing those par threes in the wind because what would happen is i would i wouldn't commit to like fully rotating. I don't know. There, there was just some weird mental block I would kind of find myself in and I would, and anyway, I flared it and, and got, put myself in a bad spot. So that was unfortunate because I had kind of won back a couple shots and then immediately donated them. But then yeah. the 16th hole is, uh, which is funny. I've never seen this golf course before too. So I was kind of pumped to make the amount of birdies that I did because I, you know, never seen the golf course first time playing it and this is uh from what i've learned from people who play here this is the hardest hole in the golf course it was playing 446 from the back and it was it's the hardest it's the hardest hole in the golf course and i hit driver and i had a six iron to a front pin and it was like wind in off the right and i hit this draw six iron to hold it up against the wind and it just came back perfect. It was like, you know, when you see a shot in your head and then when you see it in real, it, like it executed, it's just like, whoa. Um, so that was super cool because I, I started, it was like the first tournament where I saw what I had envisioned started to see it manifest. And that was, that was awesome. Uh, and then I almost actually followed it up with another birdie on 17. I hit the pin, um, but missed the putt. And then 
you know, came in with a with a two over. Now, the unfortunate part about this round is that I actually, despite hitting it pretty good, I made a couple unfortunate errors. Obviously, there was some putting issues still, um, despite making some great putts. But there was also uh, some wedge issues. And a big hole in my game right now is like if you give me a wedge shot from 60 to 110, um, I am an absolute liability because the turf is so soft and I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm really struggling. So I line drived a couple wedges. I was able to get up and down for one of them, but uh, a couple others led to bogeys. When you say the turf is soft, but then you line drive it. So do you mean you're, you're afraid of the club digging? So then you're hitting them thin or like what? Yeah. Like there's just, there's something when I, when I have to hit, there's something with my speed regulation. And I, I've talked to Max about this and we're, we're trying to sort it out. Part of it is that obviously I play with a bit of an open club face. And so my matchups, uh, part of my setup and how I'm setting up to him, I think is the issue. Um, the other part is I think, you know, when you, when I have to hit from 130 yards out, I can put a decent amount of speed into a gap wedge or a wet or a, a pitching wedge and I can hit it and I can come in pretty shallow and, 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 and clip it. Right. Right. When I start having to bring the speed down, softer turf, just, I don't know. It just, it, it free, it's freaking me out and I don't know what to do with my legs. I'm clearly just like, I think I'm just collapsing over it because I'm trying to stay light and I'm not being fluid. So it, it's a big thing I, I, I need to work on. Um, and because honestly, I like I legitimately felt like this was the first tournament where like if I clean up those things, I could put myself in a position to to win. Uh, it was the first time I felt like I had enough pieces in, in my arsenal where I was hitting the ball well enough where I'm like, I can I can win a tournament. Yeah. Um, but obviously these these couple this this wedge piece in particular this seems to be hurting me a bit and and yeah so anyway that was a great um that was a great event for me um just for the morale to kind of just see a lot of the things i've been working on manifest themselves mm-hmm. takeaways from that event were obviously i needed to go work on wedges and go work on on kind of those punchy shots and so i spent i had about a week um about a week and a half between that event and the latest event. And so I went to uh Sham mountain golf course out here, which is like a par three executive course. It's near the highway and it's windy all the time. And we had some crazy wind days and I've since figured out a shot that works and, and, and have been working on that. However, off a tee, I can really do it, but still off the grass, I really struggle. And so, uh, in my, in yesterday's event, I shot a five over, um, 77, which was put me in like 23rd place out of, you know, 31 people, which was not great considering that like how I was, how I was hitting the ball with my irons and, uh, and with driver, um, it was, it was disappointing because it was just one, I, I hit, I had some wedges yesterday where I, I only, I stubbed one. So I didn't line drive any wedges, but I completely fatted one of them and, and didn't get up and down for par. The other wedges that I had, um, 
I played them so conservatively that I didn't take advantage of the scoring opportunities. So I, you know, I, I crushed my drive and I have 75 yards in or I have 95 yards in, but I'm just praying to not line drive it through the green that I'm happy that contact is happening. And so, you know, I had a, I had a, another wedge on, um, on one of the par fives. I had like a 40 yard wedge shot over a bunker from, not from the rough, from, uh, like the turf. And, you know, I hit it 20 feet past the pin, but I would, but, but I was just trying to play the, I was just trying to play conservatively so that I didn't make bogey. Yeah. Right. And so just, you know, yesterday was not a, was actually an easier golf course than the previous tournament. But because it was an easier golf course, I had way more close approaches. And that actually hurt me because that just, that part of my game is just, is just a, such a struggle right now. And then I also, I don't know if this was a smart or stupid decision. Um, probably a stupid decision now looking back on it. Um, I put a different putter in play. I put uh, a Scotty Cameron five and a half phantom in play that I had. This isn't a bag alert. I had already owned this putter. It's in the arsenal because I had been trying it at Sham, which is a really tough golf course to play. Like their greens are good. So it's always, it's my best barometer of if, um, what can translate to a tournament is when I practice there and I was putting really well. So I thought, hmm, but the greens yesterday at this, at this course were, were really bad. Like they were bumpy and whatever, but that's not an excuse. Um, that's on me. And I, I did not make nearly enough putts that I'm normally used to making. So definitely have some inflated scores there. You know, I had six bogeys yesterday and one birdie, um, which is, which is is not like you, not like you uh, now, like, you know, like I, I played the par fives at one over actually, no, I played the par fives even, sorry, played the par fives even, um, par three scoring was an improvement though. And I think that was a, that was cool. Um, I played the par threes one over, which was a big improvement from the previous tournament. And the bogey on one of the par threes was simply from a putt that I probably would have made most of the time. Um, so that was unfortunate. And then I bogeyed one of the par fives. Cause again, I, I three putted from 15 feet, like just off the fringe, like just took some things, took some weird hops. Like the balls were bouncing. Like the greens were yeah. so bumpy, but it's not an excuse. Like clearly uh, I'm, I'm, it's on me. Um, well, we were talking, we were talking yesterday. I mean, this is, this is three tournaments, three different putters. So we chatted after your round yesterday. Um, and actually you texted me from a golf store where you sent me yet another putter that was getting tested. So, well, I, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find, so like the, 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 the thing I found with the ping setup, right? And um, this can go into my next bag alert, which is um, the TSR three is out of the bag. Uh, well, let's, I, let's 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 stay on the putter for a sec, though. Okay, I, okay. I want to close this loop. So, but but, but it's but I, it gives I some think, context. Is that the pings? When I when I move to those ping irons, I don't have to think about my irons anymore, right? In terms of how they feel and how they perform. Even my wedges right now that I am not hitting well, I don't feel like it's the wedges that are causing me the problem. I know it's me, right? Right, and and the 
because they feel right and I know I can hit them. I just am clearly doing something improper. The struggle I'm having with the putters is that it's not that I'm, I'm not misreading greens. It's that my start lines are not, like, it, like I, I struggle to square up and start the ball where I want there's to. There's not the same, there's not the same consistency. And comfort. There. Yeah. And I, yeah. I firmly believe, and, and, and I don't know, we talked about this yesterday, but I think it's time for like a full putter fitting. Yeah. Because, you know, after, after kind of self-diagnosing yourself, when you handed yourself over to the rep in Toronto with Ping and said, what do I need? You know, that brought you that bag piece that we talked about in episode one, where you didn't doubt your equipment and you had faith in your equipment, I think came from just embracing that fitting and trusting the individual. And he fit you into stuff that you didn't necessarily expect that ended up proving to be great for your game. And I almost wonder a similar approach to putting, you know, just handing yourself over to someone to get fitted. Um, I'm wondering if we're there, you know, to get to get that doubt out of your mind. But it's not even like I, I like I didn't doubt. It's weird. It's not like there's doubt. It's like an uncomfortability. It's it's a you know like it, it, like I'm, I'm not walking up to the green going I don't know how to putt. It's like. I'm trying to square myself up. I can read the putt. I know, like, it's like, like, I'm not, I, I see where it's the ball supposed to go, but getting it yeah. to actually move on that line. Um, and maybe the spider is it. Like, maybe I should have just kept the spider in because I, I seem to hit, I seem to get lucky with the spider. Like, I make a lot of long putts with the spider and it's pretty good on the short putts. But then I'll, I'll, I'll the, the issue I have with, this, with the spider though is lag putts, right? I like lag putts with that with that particular putter um, can be a challenge. Like it's not, um, it's it's always been an issue with when I've had that putter in tournaments, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, like so you're telling me I can't go, I shouldn't go buy the PLD for six hundred something Canadian because it looks really good and feels really good, and I have some Golf Town gift cards, so it's like it's not even full price at this point. You know what I mean? You know, if you want if you wanted to buy a 35 inch one, which I know then you'll be selling in about two weeks, so you could sell it to me, that would be great. Okay, so you know what? I'll just start buying 35 inch putters so then I can flip them to you. Ah, I've been I've been fucking up this whole time. Yeah. I've been buying 34 inch putters. Yeah, I know I'm not buying those from you. What a ah, blew that. Um but yeah, like I think so anyway, takeaways from this latest tournament are one is again ball striking. Like all of my approaches from 150 and further were great. Like very pleased. Shot of the day is probably hole seven. I had an eight iron from 162 yards and it did not leave the pin. It was unreal and ended up eight feet. Um, and I missed the putt. It bumped a million different ways and I was annoyed at that. And that was a birdie putt I probably should have made. You know, it's like, like, all of my approaches that were birdie looks were actually from outside of 150 yards. Um, so that was like, again, we're just seeing the ball striking from an iron perspective. Very happy. The hybrid was phenomenal. I think it's probably the best I've hit my hybrid in a tournament. Um, 
quite a few holes there where you just got to lace like a 245 to 50 yard shot out there. And the hybrid was amazing. So I really, really enjoyed that um, just to see that in action. Cause that's, you made that's a, the back You made a club. change in the hybrid, right? No, it's it's got the same uh, smoke red shaft that we talked about last time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, for some reason, I thought you'd gone back to the Ventus, but. No, you know what? I think that's going to stay. Like I, I kind of like that it's a bit lighter and it launches just a bit higher because I found that when I do need to hit into a par five and I got to hoist it in the air, um, it's not, it's not over spinning. I, it doesn't, the, that hazardous red doesn't work in my three wood. It spins way too much, but the for the hybrid it's really nice and it kind of blends well with the irons like it doesn't feel like i jump from my four iron to like this really heavy hybrid shaft which kind of the vent is felt like um it, it it feels more reasonable and i can choke down on it and hit these like kind of bunty cuts if i need to um and then if i need to hit one super high off the turf it's also available which um is a great shot to have in the bag nice yeah and yeah, so, so, but the takeaways is one, I, I, I just got to find a, a putter I'm comfortable with that I can, because I don't, I know I'm a, a good putter now. Like now I know I can putt well. Um, it's finding that balance of what I can putt well with in a tournament. Mm. And I have yet to find that. Um, maybe it is the spider because that's still the best one so far. I'm going to try one other one. I'm going to put my other. I think I'm going to put my other Cleveland back into play. The one that's the, um, like the Laguna, the Huntington Beach three. Yeah. I'm going to try that out today in practice and maybe that'll make the cut for the next tournament in a couple of days. I and like it. Four, four tournaments, four different putters, four different hosel styles too. Yeah. So different degrees of toe hang. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's the beauty about these winter tour events too, is like, you know, these are still part of the off season, right? Like, like, the point of these tournaments is to learn, get info, and make adjustments. Yeah. And figure out where to dedicate my practice. Right. And and that's that's why we're doing this. Is that yes, these yes, I want to go into every tournament and try and be as competitive as possible. But with that being said, I also need data and I need to learn and I need to know where my shortcomings are so that I can address them and fix them. And I think the big glaring ones right now are uh are wedges and 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 finding the right comfortable putter. Yeah. If I can solve those two things, that's probably that's probably five shots yesterday. Nice. At least. And even in the other tournament, like in tournament number two and tournament number one, right? The issue was um, was wedges. I like I line drived two approaches and uh, and putting. You know? So it's 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 like common theme of what needs to get fixed. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see from there. We'll see from there. But very encouraging start. I think like, you know, of any year of, of tournaments playing and, and just normally in January for the past three years, I've like in 2021, I felt really good in January and then realized it was all a bit of a smoke screen and I wasn't that good. Um, 2022, I knew I sucked. 2023, I knew I sucked and was hopeful. 2024, I feel really good. You know what? Like, I, this is the most optimistic, and I know I can hit some great shots, and I feel really good about the effort I've put in. Now it's just about cleaning up these other things and building some more finesse. Um, 
but I'm hitting the hard shots. It's actually really funny. Like, like the hard shots that need to be hit, I'm hitting those on the golf course. I, I got to get better at the, uh, some of the easier shots. So I feel like that's a, a little more approachable um, than maybe some of the other things. Nice. So bag piece. Let me, let's bag just, alert. bag alert, bag alert. Let's just go into it. The Titleist is out of the bag. Titleist is out of the bag. Titleist is out of the bag. I, it was, it's great. I still stand by the fact it's a great driver. Um, it spins too much for me. It spins too much. Yeah. I hit. It's really good on the range when I'm in a more controlled environment. Um, it was very good. Uh, like the when I hit it out the middle. Um, but if I don't completely crush it, um, it spins a ton and is is was just very short for me. And I found that in tournament number two. Now. I'm able to bail myself out because my ball striking has been so good. So if the, if I flared it a little bit and I had a longer approach in, I was able to compensate because my ball striking is what it is right now. Yeah. But in order to really go after par fives and, and really take advantage of, of how I play, um, that wasn't going to be the play. Coincidentally, my ping LST arrived off of warranty replacement uh, just before this past tournament. And so for anyone that missed it, let's just quickly yeah. recap. You, so ha- you had a ping LST. In 10 and a half degrees. And you cracked the face on it after about... Nine months. Eight, yeah, I would say eight, eight nine months. Um, so kudos to ping for warranting the club and getting you a brand new one. And then I was able to swap it for a nine degree head. So that, because that's what I got fit for when I went, because I, before I cracked it, I went and uh, tested it out. When I got fit for my irons, I said, because I was playing basically a 10 and a half turned down uh, one degree on the flat setting. So it was nine and a half. And I, we compared that against playing just a straight up nine degree head in the flat setting. And I was getting better numbers out of the, just the straight up nine degree with the weight in the toe. Um, so then I, but then I cracked it and it took a while. And so then I, that's when I, picked up the triple diamond and I was hitting that great. And then the TSR was just a fun little experiment that kind of came out of nowhere. And I honestly was going to be more than happy with that. Um, but just the, the spin wasn't it. So my, when the, the ping came back in, um, I went over to saw rich at genuine golf, uh, and just, I brought all the drivers. I brought the, uh, the, my, my rogue, I brought a TSR, um, we had an AI smoke triple diamond. We had the Cobra dark speed X and we had the ping LST and the 10 K. And I said, Which, the ping 10 K, the ping 10 K. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the, but it was a 10 and a half 10 K. And we basically, I said, I need to sort out the driver. So here we go. Um, it ultimately came down to so he he didn't even want to look at the rogue um he's like get that old thing out of here um which is fine i have that in the i have that as a backup whenever i need um we saw that the 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 tsr was super spinny on the monitor and then we were trying to figure out okay you know and i even tried a longer shaft in the tsr 
because we thought maybe it was because the shaft was a little short. It's just what it is for me. I guess the way I deliver it, the TSR yep. just spins unless I literally hit it perfect out the middle, um, which when you do feels really good. Uh, we tried then, um, we've tried obviously the, the LST nine degree in the flat setting, um, with the weight in the toe. And my, normally the LST ships with a, uh, a 25 gram weight in the back, but mine came with a 22 gram weight in the back. And that paired with the, uh, stock ping Chrome tour black, 2.065 X shaft felt great. And that was the early winning contender. Um, and again, just for the listeners to clarify, there's, there's two ping tour shafts. There's the tour Chrome, which is the mid launch mid spin. And then there's the tour Chrome black, which is what you got fitted into. And yeah. that's a matted out black shaft, which is low launch, low spin. So similar to your Ventus black. Right. And that, that was great. And it's made by UST, which I learned about. Yeah. So, so UST does the shafts for them, which is interesting to me because my favorite ping driver is the Proforce with the, I, uh, the I-15 the uh, ping with the Proforce V2. The so, damn V2 shaft. But maybe, but, but, but maybe I'm just, I like how UST builds their shafts. Like maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Um, so that's good learning. I, I didn't realize UST made their stock stuff. So then we also tried the um, the triple diamond with the Denali shaft in it because um, that's just what we had. Um, and that's great. The triple diamond AI smoke is very good driver. If you, you you said you said the numbers were good, but the feel was horrific. It's no, it's you know what it is. It's very hard off the face. The A, like the AI smoke is, uh, it's, it's a very hard feeling driver. It's very different. It does not, I don't know. It's tough to explain. Like you got to hit it. It's, it feels very hard off the face, um, in an interesting way. Um, and I would say if I was an amateur golfer and I was just going for pure distance, the AI smoke is dope. Because you can hit it a mile. But you can also potentially hit it a mile left and right. Right. The ping doesn't have the scary miss in it that the AI smoke had. Um, nice. The interesting one that was I just was very curious to test was the Cobra. And I was struggling to keep spin on that one. And that was the X model, not even the LS. That thing spins so low. It is If you need spin to get killed, Cobra's got a driver for you. Um, it's not for me, but if you wanted just a pure party ball driver, that Cobra driver can do it. Um, but when we looked at dispersion, when we looked at repeatability, all those things, Rich was, you know, he's just like, dude, he's like, this is, this is the tournament driver. Like, there's just no, there's no, there's no, yeah. He's like, this is what's going to do it. And so we have the, and we tried different weights in the back just to see, honestly, the driver feels perfect weight wise with this uh with this chrome black shaft um yeah. weight in the toe 22 grams nine degree standard setting done i nice. uh, sorry nine degrees flat no no uh lo- not lower loft or anything like that nice yeah so that's in the bag um 
we I did try the ten k, but it was way too spinny. Yeah. So I I I didn't really we didn't that that didn't make many tests. Um, then I also did a ping fitting. Uh, they had a fitting day out here at Cultus, and so I wanted to just uh, I wanted to try the nine k again, nine degree head. The 10K, the 10K Sorry. and 9 degree head. Sorry. Yes. Did I say 9K? <laughs> mm-hmm. Too many, too many numbers. I wanted to try the 10K in a 9 degree head. So they had, so they had that. Um, and you know what? It, it, it just was going left on me. I couldn't hit a fade with it. Right. Versus when I, as soon as I go back to the LST, it's like auto fade. Doesn't go left nice. unless I screw up. Um, I found with the 10K. I was hitting a great, like if I was a draw player in the bag in a second, um, but that's just not my shape. Uh, the other thing I did is I uh, got fit for a three wood shaft. So we're going to be mm. getting the, because um, the hazardous red, it's, 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 it's not stout enough for what I need out of yeah. a three wood. And so we're going to get the chrome, uh, the chrome black equivalent in the three wood, in nice. the X-Flex. Is, is that already on order? Yeah. Great. Yeah, so we've got that. I tried the I tried the hybrid, but I don't think I'm going to be swapping it. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. stick with the red for now. I really like where the hybrid's at. When we chatted, so we haven't, we haven't chatted. It's funny, we chatted a bunch. We haven't chatted about this pink fitting day. Um, you were going to try the LST three wood, the titanium three wood. Did uh, you give that a roll? No, they didn't have it, so we didn't even mm-hmm. go there. Um. But honestly, I really like my three wood. Like I don't, I hit it plenty far. I just knew as soon as I switched shafts, the spin rate dropped by like eight hundred RPM. Nice. Yeah. What about uh, what about the new wedges? Did you get a good look at those in hand? They're really good. They took they took a lot of the offset out, so it looks it looks nicer. I think that you know they're trying to go after the Vokey crowd. Like they're trying to go after it because I don't think people consider ping wedges. as often as they probably should, and to be honest, uh, I I like them. I kind of like the offset in the current wedges, but you know what? It, listen, it, it's uh, I trust. The thing is, I trust Ping. I know they don't make moves unless it's going to be better. Right. Um, so I'm willing to concede the offset if they go. Okay, you know what? It's going to make for a, a potentially better wedge, and they've got a new wedge fitting app where you can like plug in some stuff and they'll tell you your grinds, which is kind of cool. Um, I can see myself moving to them eventually. I don't need to right now. Um, but I think it'll be a pretty seamless transition, which is good. Um, I did try nice. the, the crossover. Okay. Um, as a potential swap out for the hybrid, depending on the course. Um, it's good. The problem is I can't get it flat enough. Hmm. So even on the flat setting, it doesn't go flat enough and you can't really bend it. So the one thing we're going to look into is potentially ordering an I-233 iron or an I-533 iron and having that as a backup option for courses when I don't really need the hybrid um, to like lift it in the air. Can you order the crossover flat though? Like, can you order a red dot or one of the? No. So they were saying they can't bend it as flat as I need it because I'm going to need it like three or four degrees flat from standard. Oh. And you okay. can't. And I even asked, like, can I get, you know, can I get Rich to bend it? And it it won't do it. Um, so we're going to look at potentially getting like an, I, an I-530 
um, nice. and 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 putting that in, which could be kind of cool to have like a rocket ship three iron. Yeah, like I hit I, the, the the crossover. I was getting identical numbers to my hybrid, um, just you know slightly lower ball flight, um, but. It, it, there's a left miss in there because the t- like if you can see me at address the toe is like up mm. and I can't get it to to get flat like the rest of my irons and and I did a loft and lie check with Rich and I think my my four iron is actually four degrees flat so it's actually more flat than when it what it was ordered um, but I love it and I hit it great so I'm um, that's just I know what I need nice. Yeah. During that, you hit so many balls in the range. During that loft and lie check, had any of your lofts moved at no. all? No. Dude, awesome. dude, it was unreal. So so we didn't have to adjust anything. Nice. Which is wild. Yeah. Everything was bang on. And I so I've had these clubs since October. 99% of my range sessions are off mats. And uh, we... We actually bumped my six iron up half a degree because it was just slightly too flat. Hmm. So, but nothing had nothing had moved. That's awesome. Yeah, like shout out to Ping. That's unreal. Yeah. So I was very pumped about that. Cool. Yeah. Last that we uh, last podcast you and I recorded because last week uh, you had Genghis and then prior to that we did a recording. Yeah. Um, you dropped a hint to all of us that you were going to be testing the Callaway Chrome Tour Balls. Um, excited yes. to hear. Did, did you get a chance to take those out? And what were your thoughts on them? They're great. They're great. Um, noticeable difference in feel between uh, the Chrome Soft X versus the Chrome Tour X. It's a different type of clickiness. Um Chrome Tour, I think, would be my ball if I was to play it. Um, I'm I'm madly in love with the Bridgestone. I or I found I was able to find some off Amazon. So I'll be honest, like the Bridgestone is just my favorite ball right now. I, I try, like, they were sold out at Golf Town, and so I had to kind of move to the AVX or something else that was similar. But like I don't know, the Bridgestone is just where I home base is for me right now. Um, but with that being said. They're great. I think they're definitely a step up in the right direction for Callaway, and I think they can definitely be. It's it, it, they're going to be contenders now in that like Pro V One, Pro V One X category, yes. and I think in, in the way they want. Um, and I'm actually go, uh, going to a Callaway event out here where they're going to kind of give us more of a lowdown on the balls and 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 more of the story. But um, from initial testing, I think if you're a Pro V One or Pro V One X player and you want something slightly different feel, um, but same performance, I I would give them a shot. Have they aligned their balls like Titleist? So the X is the spinnier ball. From what I gather, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the X is the firmer, spinnier ball. Nice. Um, I'd be curious what my ball speed numbers would be like with the X because it's firmer. I'd probably get some extra pop out of it. Off the putter, the Chrome Tour feels really good. Nice. Yeah. Really, really good. And they've got the new triple track now that goes around the ball. It's a 360 triple track. Um, Which also makes so much sense. If you were yeah. going to do the triple track, that's the way to go. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like it. Um, but I, I, 
There's something about the Bridgestone, the BXS that like, I just, I, I really like it. I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not seeing, not seeing any distance loss with it. I've got some left dash coming in this, this week. Um, cause some of my low, low rounds last year, uh, especially with putting, like my, some of my best putting rounds have come with a left dash. So I wonder, I wonder if, if my speed control with a left dash might be better. I don't know. That's something we can put into play. Um, but that's to be determined. Nice. Yeah. Right. So that's it, brother Dave. Shall you hit me with some trivia before we wrap this up? We can definitely do some trivia. Which handicaps am I uh, gonna? Was it who did I disrespect? Ten handicaps last week, last our yes. last episode. So now yes. you're saying who? Which handicaps did you? Am I potentially gonna disrespect this week? Well, we're gonna give you another chance to offend ten handicaps. Okay. But we're an equal opportunist, so we're also gonna give you a chance to offend twenty handicaps. Okay. So, I am sorry um, in advance. All right. We are using Arcos data. The majority of our questions here come from Arcos data, just if anyone is curious. Uh, amateur greens and regulation. So, we have a scratch golfer, okay. zero handicap, a 10 handicap, and a 20 handicap. What is the percentage of greens and regulation hit for those three categories? Uh, we will start with the scratch golfer. A scratch golfer. Fifty percent. Sorry, did you say fifty? Fifty. Yeah, fifty. Fifty percent. Fifty percent. Okay. I think it's sixty-two. Uh, the- I think it's sixty-two, though. I don't know why. You want to go sixty-two? Let's go 62 for Scratch. I'll give Scratch golfers more credit, even though it's probably right. not true. I think remember, I think ten I remember handicappers. seeing that. So, ten handicappers, we're going to go, we'll go 40, 40%. Okay. 40%. Okay. And 20s, 20 handicappers? 10%. 10%. Okay. Well, we're going to start in the middle. You've made up. With the 10 handicappers, the love is back in the building. 10 handicappers are actually 34.66%. So you gave them a little bit too much of the benefit of the doubt, but you were close. You guys did it. We did it. Scratch golfers uh, also love you. Scratches are 58.09%. Okay, so 62. Okay, so so close. close. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 20 handicappers, though, they just all tuned out of the podcast. So they, uh, the average 20 handy or the 20 handicapper average is 20.44%. So sorry guys, fortunately insulted that group. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. Those were good guesses. Actually, you were a lot closer than I thought uh, yeah. you'd be on those. Yeah. Well, I was like, I was like, man, cause that's, you know, what I was trying to, I was trying to in my head picture when I would used to do, when I would compare my Arco stats and it would say like, cause it would do your scratch benchmark versus whatever handicap you want it to be or whatever. Yeah, and I think it was like I sh- that's sixty-two percent number. So I'm glad it was fifty-eight. That's good, but I'm sorry for twenty handicappers. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I love you guys. Anyway, my, my friend. Well, that's it. Any uh, right. any exciting? Um, well, hold on. You think this is the end, Dave? You think this is the end? <laughs>
You think we're going to end the podcast here? You can just get we off. No, you can just get off have, clean. We have no we have confirmed nothing. bag alert. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie, Dave. I'm going to well, put they're you, not, Okay. So we have That's one a confirmed lie, bag Dave. alert. We have one confirmed bag alert. <laughs> but, but they're not they're not currently in my possession. They're on order. No, they're on order. So. That's the the credit card has been swiped. The credit card has been swiped. The dollars have been spent. The purchase is committed. So let's just let's just bring people in, okay? What is Dave's bag alert? So Dave's bag alert is new irons going into the bag, five through pitching wedge, uh, ping blueprint S's. Oh. They are quarter inch long, blue dot, one degree upright, power spec loft with what? some Nippon 950GH shafts. Let's go. And interesting thing you told me that you learned, the power spec in the blueprints are a different casting. Yes. So they one are of not the bent. one of the one of the concerns previously with the power spec loft and the retro loft and the pings, um, from our understanding, has been as they've bent them stronger or weaker, you're obviously adjusting the bounce and the sole. Right. Uh, with the blueprints, uh, the ping rep was here at the Pro Golf in Seattle. Um, and he was saying that with the blueprints and other ones in the line, now we didn't get specific as to what other ones, I don't know if I-230s do this or what or what else, but with the blueprints, um, the soles and the bounces on the soles stay consistent whether you go power spec, retro, or standard lofts, which is nice. Sick. So, yeah. Love that. Love that. So Big win for Dave. Dave's got a bag alert. New irons in the bag. Let's go. Yeah. So I'm excited for you. They might they might even be here this time come filming next week for the pod. So we might even be able to show the uh show the listeners some fancy. They do clothes. look really good. Yes. Like seeing them in person, they look like very like 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 to ping. Because yeah. that is they are they are spicy. Yeah. Well good stuff. Well, mm-hmm. Nice little this bagler. To end. Yeah, it's a good episode. Nice little bagler to end the end the uh, end the day, guys. Yeah. Have a phenomenal week. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back with more tournament updates on the next pod. Yeah, and if you don't listen, everyone, if you don't uh, follow Gabe on Instagram, Gabe Gallucci Golf, give him a look up there. Give him a follow. I think we're gonna have to start getting a Dave Instagram for uh, for all your club endeavors. We're gonna have to start shoveling people to your Instagram. You're gonna have to start updating the people in real time. My, I, you built this persona around. I've had one bag alert. You've had two, three, carry the one, five, six, nine, ten. Do we want to talk about your putter this week, Dave? Okay, that's it. That's a wrap, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right, guys. We'll save that for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next one.